Hello, as you might be able to see, uh, my name is Erica West, and today I will be telling you about my project comparing field and model road bridge responses to moving loads. At the moment, it is incredibly hard to check road bridge health for a number of reasons that we will get into momentarily. Uh, to improve research and better systems, this project is comparing field data collected with BDI system strain sensors to models created in the SAP 2000 software. There are over 11,000 rural bridges in Nebraska over 20 feet long on the county system, and almost two out of five are at least 50 years old. The counties that manage these structures need to balance their aging infrastructure with tight budgets and limited state help. As a result, counties need an inexpensive way to determine which bridges need repairs the most. To make matters even more complicated, any monitoring system would need to stand up to dust from the dirt roads and absolutely no access to electricity. This is why the team is looking into using iPhones to measure bridge health by comparing them to other more established methods. All modern iPhones have a built-in device called an accelerometer that measures when the phone has changed positions based on how it accelerates. This is used in apps like YouTube so that it knows when to show a video in landscape view after you've been scrolling in portrait view. If we can use something so relatively inexpensive that can fit in a pocket, Rogue Bridge monitoring can be greatly improved. BDI used strain sensors attached under the bridge that had to be set up by hand. This took a team of four a full day to set up and would therefore put a strain on the average county's budget. This is how critical and non-critical points were instrumented. The diagram is facing west and the picture is facing east. There are also two sensors on the bottom of the critical point that you can't see in the photo. We did damages and tested bridge R210, which is located on a small dirt road about 17 miles outside of Lincoln, Nebraska, in rural Lancaster County. It is a simply supported bridge with steel girders and a concrete deck that is very typical of smaller rural bridges. We used a U-Haul truck that weighed just under 8,000 pounds to excite the bridge. The team did three cycles of static tests where the truck just sat on the bridge for a bit, and then we drove the truck over the bridge in cycles of 10 for 20 passes total at both 5 miles per hour and 15 miles per hour. That's a grand total of 46 tests for every level of damage starting at a healthy structure. All of those damages that I've been mentioning were done with a plasma cutter to either I-beams or channels at various points on the bridge. We are only going to be looking at the healthy structure for this presentation since SAP 2000 is unable to simulate the types of damage that we looked at. We are also only looking at the maximum overall strain for the structure, since we are really concerned with what can do the most damage at the single spot, and we are also very concerned about the team's overall safety. Let's get our bearings before we head into the results. The horizontal line is our critical girder. Specifically, this is the spot we are looking at for our first grab with our main results. Then you can see where our two quarter points are, Q1 and Q3. Uh, the mid-span is in the middle with all the sensor locations that are not on either Q1 or Q3. As you can see here in the animation, uh, the truck was driven from Q3 towards Q1. Uh, this might seem a bit counterintuitive, but remember we were driving the truck in both directions, and this is just how the westbound direction happened to play out. So the fact that the field data seems to take place later than the model data is completely inconsequential. This is just because the field test was 
uh, started to run before the truck actually got to the bridge, while the model just has the truck immediately go over the bridge. Uh, the main thing that we see here is that the model is predicting significantly more maximum strain for both axles as it goes over the bridge than what was actually recorded in the field. Here, looking at our secondary results, we can actually see the truck moving over time. You can see each of those axles uh, as they hit each of those sensors. So our back axle weighed a bit more than our front axle, which is why the second peak always looks a bit higher on there. Uh, but the main thing that we need to take away from this graph is that the mid-span is in fact our highest maximum strain. And as I mentioned earlier, that's all that we really care about for this particular poster and this particular project. And so we can go forward feeling confident that we are looking at the correct area of our bridge. So to very quickly review and analyze, the model predicted about 150% of the maximum strain from the physical bridge when we measured it at the mid-span. And then our highest quarter point model strain was right around 32.03 microstrain, uh, while the highest we actually measured in the field was only 23.39 microstrain. And so that means that the model is overestimating at those quarter points by about the same amount proportionally as it was doing at our mid-span. In conclusion, while the model seriously overestimates the maximum strain, it still captures the overall shape of the data. This is likely due to the physical bridge being stiffer than the model and therefore putting less overall strain on the I-beams and a bit more on the edges. While the model could be more, made more accurate before testing, that would require estimations of stiffness that could be wildly wrong. In extreme cases, this could lead to an underestimation of stress that might lead to dangerous damage plans. The model currently provides very accurate data on where the highest stress points will be while ensuring that stresses are not underestimated. As a result, the current model setup is incredibly useful for its purposes in this research even if the strain numbers are unlikely to match the field results. Here are the sources that I directly consulted for this particular presentation. I would like to thank the rest of my research group, Kasai and Emanuel, Lancaster County Department of Transportation, University of Nebraska School of Engineering, and funding for this project was provided in part by the National Science Foundation. Thank you for listening.